This is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. Sacrificing our bodies with blood, sweat, and tears. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and as I am every week, joined by the Garner Texan, John Wade. And John, what a crazy week so far. There's actually news in the offseason. There's a lot of news, actually. Lots of different things going on. Lots of moving parts we can touch on today. I like it. You know, I'm kind of fully Texans podcast. Finally, you know, I'm actually kind of blown away. I thought they would have to do some sort of filler podcast. And, you know. We got stuff to talk about, yeah. so here we are, regular time, putting together a podcast. That's yeah. awesome. So Brandon Weaven, everybody's up in arms. Backup quarterback, he's back. I, I don't understand why everybody's so mad about this. Like, I really don't. Yeah, I, don't, he, I just don't understand the logic of being mad about it. I mean, what did you truly expect? Because you knew we weren't signing Cap. Right. I mean, so if you look at the list of available quarterbacks... There are only two that I would actually place ahead of Whedon, mm-hmm. and that's Matt Moore and Colin Kaepernick. And we're not signing Colin, and Matt Moore is too expensive. It might be. I mean, maybe he's not now, but in the last like four years, he's made quite a bit of chunk of change for a backup quarterback, like right. five, seven million. And we got Whedon for I think like, I mean, we haven't seen the contract yet, but I would assume it's minimal. And you know, I more and he knows more still not out of the question. Like I, I agree, we, this we could just be a body. Yeah, we're we're gonna need three quarterbacks during camp. Yep, and we're gonna need a quarterback that kind of knows what's going on during camp. And Whedon always gets praised during camp, year in year out. We Every always year. laugh about it. How everybody always says the best looking camp quarterback is Whedon. It's because he has an arm. Yeah, he has a hell of an arm. He's a baseball so, player. He's he's not there to play quarterback. He's there to get practice for the receivers, practice yep. for the tight ends, practice yep. for the running backs. That's why he's there. He Let knows. me ask you this though: like with the with the uh, the deal that Tom signed with uh, New Orleans, would you have given like another four hundred k rounded up to two million to bring Tom back? No. Really? No. Huh. It was just one of those where. All the hate on he got for la- from last year, and we already kind of just saw what he was. I would. He wasn't. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't good either. <laughs> I mean, and that's our own fault because for they, they talked him up as a starting quarterback all off season, and then he comes out and just. I think that he. Uh... I think with an upgraded O-line as a backup, I think he'd be serviceable. Yeah. He's going to go to a team like the Saints, and when they need him, he's going to look fine. Yeah, because they have a decent O-line, and they have good wide receivers. Yeah. (laughs) And Um, they have a great, great running attack. And they have a great head coach. So, yeah, he's going to do better. The Saints is a better situation for him. It wouldn't surprise me in a year or two or, like, everybody's throwing a fit that we let Tom Savage walk. Oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. He's going to get a shot at some point. And Breeze isn't one to get hurt, but he's also a little long in the tooth. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not worried about Whedon. I, honestly, I, I expect them to take a, either take a quarterback or sign an undrafted free agent. And we'll yeah. probably sign two, uh, we, honestly. We we aren't done. There's going to be but enough. But we do have Heineke on the roster, so keep that in mind. So yeah, we technically have We've three. Got- well, we've got three quarterbacks on the roster. Yep. Watson has not been cleared for team drills. And he won't be half OTAs. Yeah. He, so he's just going to be able to do individuals. Right. So just to run OTAs, we're going to need at least one more quarterback. Yeah. Just to run them. I agree. So we're going to see what's going to happen in the draft. Yep. That is my new theory that we're not going to make any great big, not, I mean, at this point, what's big free agent signings until after the draft. They want to go in with their options as open as they can. I mean, we're already up to 75 players. We don't have a ton of, uh, just a ton of roster space at this point. 
So they're going to go into the draft looking to get the best player available for the needs that they have that we still have. Like, they don't want to paint themselves into a quarter. Yeah. Um, and then after the draft, we still got we still got plenty of money. Well, and you also got to remember, like, there's going to be a ton of cuts come training camp, too. Yeah. I mean, you just... There's no war, there's no rush right now to get a backup quarterback. No, there really isn't. I mean, there's no need for it. You just need somebody that's a camp arm. And Whedon is probably the best camp arm available. Sure. I mean, that's not to say he's a good quarterback. That's just to say that he's the best camp arm I available. I also don't think Brandon's just that. I don't think he's that bad. I don't know. We've seen him play once and he won. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he, he's, I don't know. I don't think he's that bad. I if that's what we ended up going with, that's what we go with. I mean, we've we've had this discussion before. Deshaun goes down, the season's over anyway. So, I mean, at this point, it really doesn't matter who our backup is. Unless you were to sign a Kaepernick. Yeah, what happened... And we're not going to do that. What happened with Nick Foles last year is the Lock. same as finding Brady in the sixth round. It's the same as finding Tony Romo as an undrafted free agent. These things don't happen. Yeah. It happened once. It's not going to happen again. There's a reason why Foles hasn't been traded for yet. Nobody believes it's even going to happen again with right. the same player. Right. I mean, we saw from Foles in one season, you know, four or five years ago. It's just people get hot. He got hot. And he has a, I mean, he was on the best team in the league. He got and, hot? And the best roster in the league yeah, yeah. is Philadelphia, hands down. Well, not anymore at the time. Uh, Los Angeles might be. Right now. It might gonna, be the Rams. Yeah. Right and, now it's going to be the Rams and the Eagles. Going into the season, but the great thing about the NFL is we're going to be wrong. One of those teams is going to fall oh. flat on their face. And it might I be the Rams. McVay yeah. might be too young and lose a lot. I mean, there's so many different variables yeah. going on. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm not worried about Whedon. I know everybody is, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it some time. <laughs> I don't think there's any reason for us to freak out, to be honest with you. Uh, and I mean, I like Matt Moore. I just I just don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, and we know we're not signing Kaepernick. Yeah. That's it. That boat sailed last year. It's done. I do agree with a lot of people that he is a much better quarterback than anybody else out there available. But this is the NFL. And it doesn't, it, just politics aside, the NFL has already shown that it has no tolerance for players with average talent and distraction. It's the same thing that happened to Manziel. It's the same thing that happened to Tebow. It's the same thing that's happened to Kaepernick doesn't really matter where they're at on the political spectrum. It matters what sort of distraction they are for their talent. That's just the nature of the NFL. That is how they treat their players. I hope it, I hope it honestly changes. I like how NBA allows even average players to have a personality. Absolutely. But in the NFL, that's just, you don't have that. Why do you think that is? I think part of it is the discipline required to play the game. Um, the Football is the ultimate team sport. Like, it really, truly is. Other than the quarterback, everybody else really has to function together as a team. Um, you look at the offensive line, look at the, the receivers, they're all dependent on, that, on the one player. And the defense has to work together to stop the offense in a way that doesn't happen in the NBA. In the NBA, one player can take over, can completely take over a game. In the NFL... Occasionally, a quarterback can, but if you give a even the best quarterback in the league horrible talent around him, he's not going to do well. And with that, and with that, not only that discipline, and just it's almost um, stepping aside, even stepping aside for the quarterback, where everybody else has to kind of be a little bit more humble. Granted, you have to remind receivers of that sometimes. A lot of them. Yeah, there's just... I'm just wondering how much of it has to do with the age of the owners, too. I mean, if you think about it, they're all old. Like, I'm not even going to go on, like, the whole, like, white owners thing. I just mean in the sense, like, they're so distant from what's going on in, the gen in that generation of those players that are in the locker room. They're so used to the way things are supposed to be that... I feel you like know, they don't really have, like, a full understanding. I mean, we've seen it in this offseason with our yeah. owner. Well, it's easy to attack the owners, but most of, those, most of the owners actually stay out of personnel. Well, personnel, personnel has nothing to do with the, the, the... I mean, 
making personal decisions, yes, but they a lot of them tend to comment on these things that have gone on. I mean, almost every owner has come out and made a comment about it. Right, and the the owners are reflecting the mindset of the football players, the mindset of the GMs, and that's why the NFL is so resistant to change. You have this old-school mentality that goes through the NFL that about tough guys and you put the team first and all this other that's what i'm saying right they're old they're they're, they're stuck exactly. in their way they don't know any different and it, it's not just the owners it's all the executives and uh, most of the gms this is the team and, the league's getting younger though john right we're seeing a real like we're seeing a push for young 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 coachings right. gms all of it and we'll see more of a push as more of the younger guys have sure. success but as of right now there's not been a lot of success by younger coaches I think, I think that's one of the things that Belichick's actually going to go down for is he's changed just how teams play defense. Like, you don't have your base defense, and that's mainly because of Belichick. Yeah. He had success with it. Other people have copied him. Now, Chip Kelly and um, the Eagles and... Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson now currently, sorry, I don't know... It started with Chip Kelly, but Doug Peterson was able to kind of blend it. Yeah. Um, Kelly was too much, too quick. But now they're trying to do that on the offense. The offenses are now adapting. Yep. And they're taking younger schemes. And I hope and pray that the Rams have success with McVay because it's the same sort of thing. The offense is kind of adapting. They're taking things that are supposed to be college only. Oh, it's better for the league. And they're bringing it into the NFL. Absolutely. And as they do that, that forces GMs to change. Correct. It, it forces Everything them, changes. Yeah, it forces Mindset, them. Mindset. Right. All of it. And we'll get better quality players because the college players are already adapting to that. Right. You have more athletic linemen, offensive linemen in college right now because they're all playing spread. They're all playing hurry up and go. And they don't get to be these 300-pound behemoths that you need in the NFL because it's all ground and pound. Um, we talk a little bit more about the Texans' defense a little later on on why I like certain players. It's the same sort of thing. You don't need to have the biggest guys. I honestly believe that's kind of where the safety issues are going to kind of self-correct because there's going to be more of an emphasis on speed instead of these guys that are just huge, ginormous monsters. I don't know. And, I mean, ultimately that all... I mean, this is all just kind of a, a a crazy theory, but I think that as we get more into that Sally game, more younger coaches, more open coaches, even ownership will eventually change. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, the NFL is the most expensive league to own. It is the most profitable to own. So as long as those are two matching up, they're not going to change. But if profits start to dip or their values of the franchises start to dip, they are going to start to listen. It's going to be a while before we see that happen, profit-wise. Uh, Bill O'Brien's working on a new offense. Yep. I don't think it's a new offense. Like, it's so funny that, like, how people... <laughs> I saw that, like, this this afternoon. Or maybe I even heard it on the radio, like, on my way to work. And I was like, um, yeah, no, it's going to be more like a fine-tuned offense is what it's going to be. There'll be some different wrinkles, but he, remember, we went into the season last year with Tom Savage, we went into camp with Tom Savage. Basically, Bill O'Brien gave Rack a key and said, hey, hold this key in case we need it. Well, they never got to the key. Now Rack said, okay, here's the key. They're going to go open up what they already kind of had in mind. And it's just going to be polished. It's going to be a better, more fine-tuned playbook. Right, I think... Uh, I don't think we'll see much different. I think we saw a slump... Don't expect Lamar Miller to only run to the outside. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that we... I think that last year we ran a simpler version of what he's looking to do. Yeah. I mean, they, they talked about it. They talked about how they talked to Deshaun and asked him what plays from college was he was he com- comfortable running? Um, what were the concepts that he really liked from college? And they implemented those into the NFL. And a lot of those, the reason that they're more, not more widespread in the NFL is you can't disguise them. Once you've seen... The formation, once you've seen how it's run once or twice, you already have an idea. You, you know. That was the problem that Chip Kelly had. Yep. Um, when he would line up, and defenses could look just at the formation before anybody went, before anybody did anything. Okay, well, they've only got three plays they can run out of this. Yep. So I think Bill O'Brien looked back at his tape and realized 
If I show this formation and we've only got two plays that run out of it, that's going to be an issue. It worked, it worked for a while, but now we've got to kind of mix it up. Well, he's trying to adjust because there's film now. Right. I mean, it's really the biggest thing. This is, this is all it is. is it's an adjustment to what we saw and what the rest of the league saw. Yeah. It's, it's going to be different looks. And Same I, formation, different looks. And I think he's already given us hints on what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, they've talked about the spread concepts that work. They've talked about how Watson's such a special um, weapon. And if you go back and listen to some of the mic ups, mic'd up with Bill O'Brien, when he talked about Deshaun Watson, he kept talking about Aaron Rodgers. So I think that they're going to study a little bit of what Green Bay does and how they put him out there and lets him create. And he is more like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, His honestly. is very similar. Honestly, he, he you know. It's funny. He's closer to Aaron Rodgers than he is to Russell Wilson. They what he has... Capability is what he has of Russell. Right. That, that's all it is. But it's the, not anything else. But he's a better... He's better at ball handling, which means hiding the play action. Right. Oh, he's and, the best. I know it's like six games. I know. But I haven't seen a quarterback sell a play he's action a like this since, rookie. Like, since Warren Moon. I, that is just absolutely ridiculous that he was able to do that as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple times where you'd be watching the game and the camera would be like, Ugh. like the camera would pan off, like thinking, okay, Heck, there's a running back. Heck, I did it all no, the time. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, even watching some of the replays, yeah, I'd still often. do it. Yeah. I mean, so he's more comparable to Aaron Rodgers. That's a lot of what Aaron Rodgers does. Um, and then he also has that very quick release. Like, he's closer to that style of player. He's more mobile. He doesn't quite have Rodgers' arm talent. This is not, I'm not calling him noodle arm. No, no, no. But he, he, but he doesn't. Right. He's just not quite there. He what? can't. And he floats the ball a little. I mean, there's just, there's certain things that he does that he's going to correct over time. Yeah. So he's. He also wasn't the, 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 the talent coming out of college in a lot of people's minds like Roger was. I mean, Rogers came into the league. Luckily, he sat behind Favre, but he would have been good to go day one. Right. And uh, I mean, Watson's been good to go day one. I mean, ha- halfway through day yeah. one, but. Yeah. Still, I mean, it's... But he also was rough against Cincinnati. Like, let's, let's be honest. Right. The Cincinnati game where he's kind of... That second half of the Jags game was, uh, you know, offensive line problems obviously played a part, but he definitely didn't step in and was perfect. Uh, I think you're right. They're just going to... They're going to build off of what Deshaun does great. And a lot of that's the play action. A lot of that is his, his quick reads and quick release, which is... What? was muted so there's a lot of john talking there uh yeah no i I think what we're gonna see this time is uh a lot of play actions a lot of quick releases because that deshaun is when it comes to quick releases that's what deshaun does well he's able to make the reads quick and we'll just see some maybe a couple things different sprinkled in but like i said you're not you're not gonna see lamar miller on stretch and and tosses to the outside he's still gonna run through the middle like don't expect this playbook to be just vastly different than what you're used to seeing. I, I just don't I don't see it. I think that it's going to be more of a merge. Bill O'Brien's got to show me before I believe Yeah, that it's that's going to be more case. of a merge of the concepts that we're used to with Bill O'Brien. Okay. But I think that he's going to bring in some of the stuff the Packers do. Uh, they do a lot of, not Kubiak-level play action and boots, but they do a lot. Sure. There'll be a lot more of what the Eagles did with this. I, actually, I, this is more of a hope and a prayer. I have nothing to base it on other than just watching the Eagles play. Um, I think they'll take some of those concepts with, with the spread and motion where they were able to hide, um, use multiple formations to hide the same play because that's just along the lines of what Bill O'Brien traditionally likes to do. He just right. hasn't had a lot of success in Houston doing it. Well, he has at the quarterback. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of excited to see what happens. Um, I don't think that this is this whole doom and gloom, which I think that we're all bored because we want to burn everything down about the quarterback. We want to burn everything down. So changing the offense, like, hey, man, it's the offseason. Let's actually be optimistic for once. We have plenty of time during the regular season to be pessimistic. I agree. I agree. Don't, and, you know, I think the worry comes from they're like, oh, but it, it was so great for six games. Like, don't change it. To, do you honestly think that they're going to be like, we were so good, let's trash that yeah. and rewrite it? Like, it's just not, they're not going to do that. So, uh, yeah. Draft day philosophy? Yeah. Is this uh, the Do we rest- know what it is? I mean, I don't know what it is. We have, we have no, I have no idea. idea. 
Um, that's one of the things that it's absolutely impossible to predict mock drafts. Um, I'm not going to go so far to say mock drafts are trash, which I have seen all over Twitter as well. This is just a negative time of year. Um, mock drafts are more whatever analyst you're reading, whomever you're reading, it's kind of their attempt to rank players and then also play armchair psychologists. It's sort of more of like a thought process. Sure. Um, and it's a, it's a passion for them. It's, yeah. It's a hobby. But, I mean, the honest truth is most of them say that there's about 12 players that are truly first-round talent. Right. 10 to 12. Every year varies a little bit. And then there is about three rounds worth of players that would have second-round grades. Yep. And the proof, just look at whom we drafted last year. Both Cunningham and Foreman got late first-round, second-round grades, depending on where you were looking. We got them both. And we got them both. Yep. So just keep that in mind. Like, I, that's why I don't waste time writing up a mock draft. I don't waste time saying, we're definitely going to take it. No, there's I players just, I like. Yeah. And if we get them, fantastic. And if not, I mean, especially this year, like, it's a, I mean, there's just there's no way for us to even have an idea or an inkling on what they're going to, who they're going to take. First round, it's it's a little easier, basically. You have 32 players and most likely they're going to get drafted. Round three, there's just no way. Yeah, and this year with Gain and he's new, we no clue what he's going to do. I think he's. I think he has a point to prove. So, in saying that, I think he, I think he's going to trade up. Yeah, that's the only hint we've kind of gotten. Uh, McNair did let it slip that hey, we've got a bunch of picks, we yeah. might move up. Yeah, and it just makes sense. I mean, they have they have they have two positions that have to be addressed. I mean, it has to be addressed. So, yeah. What two positions are those? Tackle and corner. You said just without a doubt, those two have to be. Those are the two on my mind right now that mm-hmm. going into camp that you would prefer to have the extra bodies around and a better chance of filling. Uh, yeah, it's tackle and corner. I mean, now with Ty, with, with the Honey Badger signed, free safety's fine. Uh, maybe Andre Howe can play strong safety, I guess. I would prefer not to because he's not a good tackler, but. Um, I mean, we can move Kareem, but for us to move Kareem, we're going to have to have another corner. Like, what we have now, we cannot move Kareem. And J. Joe's long in the tooth. We don't know what we have with K. Joe yet. We know that there's a possibility that he corrects it and is back to what we've seen. We also don't know if he can stay healthy. If K. Joe goes down, we're down to Kareem, Colvin, and J. Joe with no depth behind them. That, that's a concern. If there's well, anything you want a ton of, it's secondary. Right. I mean, rolling into, into the year with four starters at cornerback is actually pretty good. Well, we yeah, four, but... We have four legitimate starters. now. But are they starters on any other team? Like, well, you can't say they're legitimate starters, because Kareem probably isn't a starter on most teams. Well, coverage? No. He's just not a good coverage corner. No, he's... And his reaction? Slow? He's not he, fast. There's, there's some teams that he would start for. Sure. I mean, I'm the, not going to sit there. The Browns are Redskins, but, I mean... <laughs> I mean, he's... Again, he's... He's, he's, good, even, he's good against the run. There's some coaches out there that... He's great against that. the run. I, you don't need a cornerback that's good against the run, but whatever. That's he, what I'm he's saying. He's him who we got. But, I mean, just like Kevin Johnson, he's had a range where he's been a top... 10 rated cornerback all the way to being the worst rated cornerback in the entire league. This is one the same player. Wide, wide-ass range of options on what can happen with him. So, yeah, he's a question mark. Jonathan Joseph continues to show that... He, he's our best corner. He is our best. Yeah, he's our best. He's our best corner. And Colvin, hopefully, is... Our second best corner. Colvin should step in and be... He should be good. You don't... And nobody should expect him to be the number one corner, though. So, we also have Tristan Decoud, Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams isn't on the team. Okay, so we still have Tristan Decoud. Yeah. Um, I, sorry, I thought we had re-signed No, Marcus I was Williams. hoping we signed him. I know we put a tender on him. Yeah. So. Either way. Yeah, uh, I, I don't mean, like Marcus Williams. We could, again, we could use depth, but. But we also drafting, need starters. Drafting it, but I mean, in the, in the third round, you have no idea who. You don't draft third-round players expecting them to start. That's why you don't draft in the third. You trade up and get a corner in the second. Who would you trade up for? 
I don't know. I'm not a draft analyst, but there's going to be a corner there. I mean, if they're in love with a corner, go get them. We don't know what their board looks like, so it's easy for us to be like, no, yeah, no, yeah. But they may have a corner that's a second round grade that they feel could be a day one starter as soon as they draft them. We don't know. You know, last year's draft would have been better for this. Last year, no, last year's draft would have been perfect. Last for this. year's draft that was, was the deepest quarterback draft you, I think we've had in like thirty this years. This year, it just doesn't have that same sort of depth. No, it's it's actually an O line draft. So, knowing that quarterback is a little bit weaker, like I I don't know if I'd necessarily go into saying that it is what we have to absolutely move up and draft for. So you wouldn't say that those are our two weakest positions on our team? No, I'm not disagreeing. At all, but I'm not saying that those are. But if they up. feel that they have a chance to upgrade that position, you don't think that they would trade up to do it? Is there a guaranteed upgrade? There's no such thing as guaranteed in the draft. That's what I'm, I guess. That's what I'm trying to understand is like the draft is a crapshoot, no matter what, right? Right. How many people have traded up for quarterbacks and the quarterbacks not work out in the first round? No kidding. Okay, so it's it's a continuous cycle. You're 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 shooting from the hip and hoping that you hit. But the only way you do that is if you take a risk. And you're better off in the second round than you are in the other round, other than the first. So, I mean, if you're going to get a second-round guy, more than likely he's going to have a better chance of performing than a guy in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I mean, that... I guess that's my point. <laughs> Fair enough. That was a long way to get to your point. I mean, yeah. We... My opinion is we need to find a cornerback... We need to find a tight end. Yeah, I'm, but there's a lot of them. That Stanford yeah. tight end looks good. He, I mean, he he's a better Ryan Griffin. He's a better blocker. He's not as he's not as strong of a, a blocker though. But he's a good run block. He's a better run blocker than Ryan Griffin. Based Maybe, on you what I've seen and what I've read. You don't really know until they get into the NFL. Yeah. He doesn't use his lower body. From what I've read on the scouting reports, is he doesn't use his lower body to block. Now, that should be an easy fix, and if they fix it, then he'll be a great run blocker. Um, but he's so much stronger. He uses a, he kind of stands up when he blocks. But I know that we uh, keep saying we need a run-blocking tight end, but how do we know that now? Well, how do you know that's what we need, just just because Fedora is retired? Because we don't have a run-blocking tight end. But maybe he's okay with what we have. Maybe he's looking for somebody that can be dynamic in the passing game because we don't have a dynamic tight end either. Maybe he's looking for a great route-running tight end. Well, we do have a great route running tight end we have in a Anderson. Good route running tight end. Let's well, be careful with the word "great" there. Uh, he's not well, a great route runner. He's a solid route runner. He's a wide receiver transitioned into a tight end. He should be a good route runner, but he's also undrafted, and he's been okay. But we don't know. Well, he went undrafted because he was another tweener. Like Steven Anderson trying to block was just non-existent. He was golf's number one target and. In college, and that's all he did. It was run routes and catch balls. And he's got... Anderson's talented enough that if he's the only tight end, if it's him and Griffin, then Anderson will probably be a household name next year. Not like as a superstar. Household star. name? Yeah, household name. Like in, like in Houston or... Yes, in Houston. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody in Houston's going to know who he is. Everybody that plays fantasy football will know who he is. That's okay. not to say that he's going to be great. That's saying that he's going to be like on the level of like Austin. 600 yards. Like Austin Severian Jenkins. Five TDs type guy. Like, you know who he is. Sure. Um, doesn't mean he's going to be a star. I think that uh, that Stanford tight end, he's not a bad player. Um, I like him. But. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think we know what any of them want or think. We don't know if the players that were drafted prior to this draft, Bill O'Brien truly had a say in. We don't know what the philosophy was like and what the difference is. We don't know if Bill O'Brien truly had a lot to say about the personnel. So we're going into this year and this offseason based off of what we've seen, but do we truly know? Do we know now what the dynamic is? We have no idea. Maybe S.E.J. Fordoritz was something that he wanted and he wants to replace. Maybe he's not. I guess is my is what I'm saying. Right, and I see the point you're trying to make. Because if they wanted to, uh, if they wanted I mean, to do that, they could just sign Mercedes Lewis, because he's yeah. a good run blocker. 
If that's what they're looking for, they can do well, it right now. And, and Mercedes Lewis is insane. a better run blocker and a better route runner than any of the. He's a any, better tight end than any tight end on our team, or any tight end available in the draft. Um, the top maybe the top rated tight end is that dude from um, Penn State. No, collect. Um, What's his name? Yeah, you're you're right. The guy from Penn State. Yeah, yeah. Followed Baby by Grunk. yeah, followed by a twenty five year old from South Carolina. Yep. I mean, it's well, that's not your boy. I would assume. He's. I mean, he's a really good player. I mean, don't get me wrong, but he's also twenty five. Um, Hayden Hurst, if you don't know who he is. And then followed quite possibly by the kid from Stanford and then a kid from South Dakota State, uh, Dallas Goder. And it's not a great draft for tight ends. Again, in college, they're not using a lot of blocking tight ends. So if you really wanted, they'd go out and sign Mercedes Lewis. That's what I'm saying. Anybody that they draft, they're drafting for higher ceiling. Right. And... If they draft a tight end, then I think you're actually correct. They don't care about a run blocking tight end. They want a tight end that can go out there and, yep. and run routes. I mean, that's just based on the talent that's out there. Yep. Um, I, it's like my personal belief on what they're going to look for is tight end, uh, backup quarterback, more running back depth. Safety. Um, and a tackle. Okay. So I think it'll go safety two tackles, corner, tight end, and, and guard. I think that'll be the pretty much our, our entire draft. Really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that kind of goes back to my original point. It's like we really don't know what Gain's going to do. He has kept, I think he has kept our roster pretty open that we we can go out and we do have room to fill, fill these players because we do have good. It's kind of like one of those weird things. Like it's a bad thing that we have so many holes, but it's also a good thing that we have the room to kind of address them. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of we need a lot still. I mean, we do. We need a lot. I mean, the Texans... We're, and we're not going to get a starting tackle out of this draft. So no, for everybody that thinks that that's the case, it's We're just, not getting a starting you're, tackle. Unless you're drafting in the top ten, you're not getting a starting tackle. We're not getting a starting tackle. We're not getting a starting corner. We're not getting a starting guard. Yeah, we're definitely not getting a starting guard. Um, so... Well, we don't need... We actually don't need a starting guard. We Well, we hope. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, yes. If we hit on free agency, right. We don't. And we, if we hit on free agency, we don't need a tackle either. Well, rumor is we're going to start Julian Davenport. No, he said he'd compete. He didn't say he's starting. They said he said he'd compete get, for gonna, a starting left, left tackle. Him, they were going to give him a chance. Yeah. I mean, hey, we got we to gotta overreact. But if he, yeah, but that's what 6'10 and 7'9 <laughs> can do. Let, that, let them do that. Uh, uh, Bill O'Brien was actually quoted as saying we'll potentially have four brand new guys on the offensive line next year. Right. Other so, than Nick Martin, I can't think of another player that... So we're, we are going to have four. So so let's say Davenport works out. Let's say Henderson works out. There's your tackles right there. So now it's, Ful, it's Fulton and Calamete and Nick Martin. So Fila's gone. Um, I mean, we don't really have m- many other options. Jeff Allen. Yeah, I think the only one still on the roster is Jeff, is Jeff Allen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I think... And he re- can play the swing reaction, tackle. The reaction would be absolutely great if he goes out there and he and he's a starter again next year. Supposedly he's best at left guard and hasn't gotten a lot of reps at left guard. If that's the case, and maybe he gets a chance of playing left guard all season, I don't know. Was it him that actually said when somebody asked him what's the difference... Um, try and wipe your... Yep. Yeah, that's what he said. Try and wipe your ass with the but other But they hand. all say that. I mean, they all say that. I mean, it's probably true. So I wonder if that's part of the reason he has been... Because, I mean, he was actually a pretty well-regarded signing when we signed him. Yeah, we, we got him for a deal at that time. Um, he actually had... When we lost Brooks and we signed Allen, Allen had the higher uh, pro yeah. PFF grade. Should have still kept Brooks, but whatever. Um, we should have. We should have. 
It is what it is. We were all so happy because Alan had the higher grade and and we saved money. Yeah. But we were asking him to change positions. So maybe maybe that's what, what happened. We also have Mance. I think Mance kind of showed what he is. I think he can step in at times. I don't think you can expect him to, unless he's playing center, I don't think you can expect him to play guard for 16 games. Right, and just even as a center, he was, he's he was a better pass. I mean, he was a great pass blocker. Yeah. He just wasn't quite strong enough to be a good run blocker. Yeah. And we also, Quisenberry's also in the mix. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody hopes that Quisenberry works out. I mean, that this, would could, be, this could be the year that he does. He's, he's had got, a full year now. He had flashes last year. He, he did just, have flashes. He just ran out ran out of steam. And I mean, obviously he has a good excuse for it, but that was his struggle sure. last year. He just had no stamina whatsoever. How awesome would it be if we had a tackle start that had Crohn's and and then you have a guard start in Quisenberry who beat cancer? That would be pretty cool. It would be awesome. Uh, our boy Deontay is going to be, uh, I guess, supposedly back. For training camp. They're going to be back. That's the rumor. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bill O'Brien said that he would be comfortable with him starting. Yeah. Don't expect that, though. No. Well, I mean... Not with that injury. Yeah. If we were coming off last year and he's healthy, then yeah, for sure. Well, even if he is healthy, he didn't get enough reps for in pass protection. Yeah, Lamar's still a much better pass blocker. For as much crap as we give Lamar Miller as a runner... Um, and he's a hell of a pass blocker. He is, yeah. He's, he's a hell of a ex- and we needed it. <laughs> he's excellent in pass protection, and he's actually excellent in catching catching the ball. And he's durable. I think he's still go- he's gone two seasons now without dropping a pass. Yeah. And he's so, also gone two seasons without basically being hurt. If we could actually get a good rotation between Foreman and Miller. And Irvin. Don't forget my boy. I, I think we'll actually draft somebody to give competition to Irvin. Okay. Another satellite type back? I don't think so. You think? He's coming back from a torn patella. Yeah. On a, he's a speed player. Yeah. And I was rooting for him. I mean, I was with you last year. We wanted, I wanted him to do well. He may lose a little speed, but, but that shiftiness, I, I'm just not worried about it. But he still, he never showed anything. He I know did he got show hurt. it. No, he did show it. He had glimpses. We both talked about how he didn't look so timid. And, exactly. And, and then he, he got looked hurt. like he. But that's going to happen. But he, that doesn't mean that he forgot what what he was going to do. If he would have he, stayed healthy, we don't know. But he, he showed a, glimpses well, he of a, being right, good. He had a horrible rookie season. Horrible. And then he showed flashes during training camp. And preseason. And preseason of getting it together. Yeah. He didn't do anything in the games. No. And well, preseason hurt. he did, but... He uh, was, like, game two when he got yeah, hurt. Yeah, game one. Or game he one. He had, like, a good... No, it was game two he got hurt, but game one he had, like, two returns, and he looked... It, he with, looked with better. Him, he didn't go anywhere, but with, he looked better. But with him, it wasn't about... Nobody doubted his speed and shiftiness. It was his hands and his reactions. Everybody was worried that he would put too much thought into what he was doing. Last year, for what we were able to see, that part of his game went away. The mental aspect of it went away. He made a decision prior to catching the ball where he was going, and when he caught it, he went. Uh, I think that we will see that again. I, I think Irvin's going to have a spot on this team. I, honestly, I, if I had to pick one player to be the breakthrough player of this year on offense, it would be Tyler Irvin. And I truly expect it. That third down back I, that we've been looking for, that you, it's going to be Tyler Irvin. I hope so. I just, I don't see it happening. I, I really, really, really hope so. But. Who's going to be the breakout player on defense? Kevin break Johnson. Breakout? He already broke out once. <laughs> Yeah, and then he then he went back to wherever you go before you break out. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great if Kjo could. Man, dude, if, if Kjo I... can just get back to, if he can just figure out that he's not a physical seat, a physical corner, and play coverage, he'll be fine. That's his I, issue. I went back and I I, I was, hate it. I was watching some I, and I was watching some of the tape on them to just kind of see where I really felt our secondary is. 
We put them in bad position after bad position after bad position. Uh, yeah. And we, I told, I've been telling you, our you, pass rush was our biggest issue last year, not just our corners. Right, and you actually hit, hit the nail on the head, in my opinion, when you kept talking about how they never played press. Ever. They... Played, they sat in a zone. Yeah, they played, every time they played that quarters defense, which is fucking unbelievable. Well, it works when it's used properly and in and in co- a pass rush situation, right? And with the correct amount of correct. If it's used, if it's not used every single play as you, a base, you play, come out in quarters every time. You're gonna get sliced up eventually. And they were eating them alive. Yeah, on those short little passes. Yep. And Kevin Johnson. Just go back and watch his reactions. He's actually not. The reactions the, are actually there. He's just too far away. Right. Yeah. His, I don't know if it was his positioning because of how he was coached to go where he was going. Was or that was in his own head. Was it Vrabel? I don't I, know. Was it just because we were so over-reliant on that quarters, that quarters coverage? But he wasn't as bad as he seemed. When you were asking him to play off almost 10 yards, and they somebody throw a shows a quick slant underneath <laughs> right. to gonna, try and cover. To a fast wide receiver. When they are in, when they already caught it on a quick slant I know. in between his zone. And yeah. more often than not, he would actually catch up. No, he wouldn't. But we, would actually re- but we remember the ones where he got burned. And the problem, and that's why I was saying it all of last year, anytime you're going to see that, you have to you have to press even if you're not a physical press man. You don't have to put your hands on the on the wide right. receiver coming out. Back up, that's fine. But you need to be in the vicinity because if he cuts right, there's you're not there. I mean, well, it's really that simple. What we <laughs> what we weren't doing though is we would go out and show show the quarters, but we would never keep them honest by switching to a press. Like if you show Ever. quarter if you show Ever. quarters and then collapse back into man. Sure. Yep. Every now and then, just to keep them honest, that's one thing. But they weren't doing enough to keep them honest. Well, it does come back to... I, I, I think Kevin I think Johnson's it, a better man corner than his own corner. Right. I actually, I agree with that. Uh, I, I've been thinking that ever since he got drafted. Mm-hmm. But we, we, play a ton of, we play a ton of zone. So, you know, we have to make him transition into what we play. But I do think you can leave him on an island, and you, you're probably better off than if you have him sitting in his own. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, hopefully we see the fix for that because, and obviously with the pass rush being back this year, it's just going to be a different. It's <laughs> don't be surprised if the corners are fixed this year, right? Just because. I mean, yeah, and that's all it takes. It wouldn't actually surprise me if you how this all started is Battle Red Blog had this great film review on Aaron Colvin. I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch it. It I hate it, that it, website so. <laughs> it, it's the who, worst website. Whoever ever put that together, that was. It was a great, great review. I didn't watch it. Um, so go watch it if you want to learn something. You, if you hate Battle Red Blog, then whatever. The site's then just don't. bad, though. Be honest. Um, but some of the, con- I mean, the content sometimes it's hit a or miss, it, though. A lot, well, yeah, it's like any other fan rag. It's heck, it's like our podcast. It's hit or miss sometimes. No, we're never hit or miss. We're always on. Um, but go watch it. Watch what how they talk about Aaron, um, and then they I will talk, say they he's talk good about, when they do film breakdowns, right? They talk about how well he plays zone coverage, and then when he plays man, how he has to use his hands, but how you could just drop him into quarters coverage that the Texans ran. So, of course, I watched that, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go watch. Believe it or not, I think that they're going to, when they're running zone, we're going to see Colvin more on the outside and Kevin Johnson coming into the slot position. And I actually think both players will benefit from that. Well, you also got to remember you got Tyron, too. Yes. To play slot, so... Um, with Tyron, they've kind of been talking about him playing... Safety, safety, safety. Yes. I know. Don't be surprised if he plays slot occasionally. Of course. He will. To discuss... Uh, of course they will. And it'll most likely be for on a blitz. So if you see Tyron on a, on a so, slot, that you better <laughs> slide that protection to the left because he's coming for your quarterback. I think that, again, this is why... Oh, we can kind of talk about it a little bit. Like, my, my dream was us to have Matthew, a solid, like, EJ Gaines or... Um, EJ would have been perfect. EJ would have been perfect. He would have been perfect. Um, we would have to take any I mean, JJ will be fine in that role. That, and then I, I don't love, think JJ lost a step. Yeah, I, I, I really don't. I know that's like well, the, he, he the, plays, I know everybody thinks that, but he he already plays smarter and he's really good at positioning. His football IQ is so yeah. high. And then you have Aaron Colvin, 
the part, the key to me was getting Calvin Matthew and another like slightly undersized player that can either play box safety or that hybrid. Your Griffin. Somebody get, like Griffin. Get, get somebody like a Mark Barron type role. Yeah, yeah, Mark Barron would be awesome. Yeah. I think that Griffin is a Mark Barron clone. You think you could put him at safety, though? Yeah. You think, like, it's just by himself? Yeah. You think day one, insert him to safety? Yes, actually, I do. You think he could be a strong the, safety, opposite of, t- of the Honey Badger? Yeah, covering tight ends. The concern with him is because he... I mean, all, the honest concern is... He Wrapping has, up, right? No, one hand, he can't challenge the catch point. You can just throw it to... Opposite side of his hand. Opposite side of his hand, throw it at their face mask on that side... He'll never be able to stop that. But he's such an that athletic freak that I feel like he could turn his body in ways that, like, I don't know. He, I feel like his well, angle yeah, approach just, and his approach to the— Go watch him in college. Yeah, and I just don't that. see it. The way that he is on film, I don't—I didn't see that being an issue in college. And I know college quarterbacks aren't Tom Brady, but his athletic abilities are, are just off the fucking charts. Dude. That I, I just don't see that being an issue. I feel like that's something he could easily overcome. He's easily a top-20 pick if he has two hands. Easily. He might be uh, easily he might a top even be 10 a top pick. 10. Yeah. Like, he is a freak of nature athletically. Yeah, I would agree. He is slightly undersized to play linebacker. So, and I'm talking height-wise. I could see, see him being our first pick in the third. I think that you drop him in, let him play that Mark Barron role. That'd be awesome. With Tyron Matthews switching between free and... Strong. And slot. Based on the, oh, okay. Um, just kind of rolling. Sure. Because you can do the exact same with, with Kevin Jackson. Kim Johnson. Sorry. Kareem Jackson? Kareem Jackson. I am just combining their names. That's right. Um, Ton of corners. And what this does is, A, if they try and pass it, you have a, yes, you have a, an undersized secondary height-wise, but it's extremely aggressive. They can hit. If they try to pass, you have multiple guys that can come from multiple angles. They can blitz. Oh, and you have two safeties that can play in the box and cover, too. Correct. Yeah, I mean, they exactly. can both cover. Both of them can ca- both They're of them gonna can take run away those with inside any tight quickly. Any running back. So it kind of dares you to throw. But if you're looking at it and you're like, that's an undersigned lineup, I am still going to run. You still have Clowney. You still have DJ Reader. You still oh, have and, Covington. You still have Watt. Griffith will run. clean up. So I just I think that, that would be fun, entertaining to watch. And I think it would actually be very effective. I agree. I agree. I'd be totally fine if that was the first pick of the third round. But I think there's a team that's gonna take him in the second. I think so too. I don't. I don't think. He, I don't think he's the, gonna last that long. The way he blew away the combine, yeah, he's not. He's not lasting. And, and I know, like a lot of people, don't put a lot of stock in the combine, and I'm not one to do that either. But when you have these athletic numbers just jump off the page the way his did, most of the time when you see that happen in the combine, those guys are gone, even though they're day five guy or day three guys. Um, yeah, I would love Griffith. I think it would be great. I think it'd be a perfect fit, and I think Rack could get extremely. Uh, creative with him. Yeah. I mean, he can do anything from blitz to just covering space to actually playing as like a safety position. If now the risk with him, of course, is if the concern is he can't challenge the catch point is true, but I just, I, don't I know it. NFL quarterbacks are accurate, but they're not that consistently accurate. And not if consistently. you're putting, and if you're putting pressure on, it'll make up for it. Absolutely. I agree. The, the only reason I think that we may not take him is we've already invested heavily in special teams, and if they view him as a special teams only player, that's the only reason I could see him lasting to the third and us not not taking him. I don't see anybody looking at him as just a special teams guy, though. They shouldn't. They really shouldn't. Um, but I guess I guess we'll see. I think uh, I think he'd be a great addition. I think he he helps in a, a lot of different ways. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else happened this week. There's a ton. Um, why am I drawing a blank here? Oh, yeah, your Lamar Jackson stuff. Fantastic. <laughs> That's what it was. All right, so uh, go ahead, John. I'll let you take it away from here. Lamar Jackson so, right. to the Texans this, in the second round. Trade it up. This is entirely a it's it's not going to happen, but it all started because we did give Lamar Jackson a private workout. Um, yeah, I think that Lamar Jackson's that type of quarterback that if he fell into the second round, 
It would not surprise me. I don't think that it's going to happen, but it would not surprise me if the Texans moved up to get him. Like, I can completely see that. We do need a realistic backup to Watson. Now, Watson and Lamar Jackson, you people keep comparing them. Oh, they're mobile quarterbacks. They are completely different quarterbacks. They're both athletic quarterbacks. They both have the capability to run. Lamar Jackson is more likely to run. He's right? more Michael Vick than he right. is that is actually Watson. One of the more apt comparisons is Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick. Yeah. He's just not as... I mean, Michael Vick was skinny. But, and, and Lamar but, Jackson's even skinny. But they also both have cannons of arms. They're just not accurate. They could both sling it 90 yards downfield. And Lamar Jackson's a better thrower than Vick was. Right. Very, very comparable as a runner. Better, better passer. Thrower. Yeah. I mean, Lamar's numbers at Louisville just... They're video game insane. Yeah. Like him by himself... Was like number fifteen in total yards. Yeah, he's an individual. Oh, he's a freak. He's who, fun as hell to who, watch. Who's the? Uh, is it? Was it Saquon Barkley that he actually outrushed? Yeah. I mean that's that absolutely ridiculous. Now, he also has the ability to throw the ball. Like he's not going to throw. He's not going to be able to run play action. He's not going to be able to run misdirections. I don't. I'm not even sure he would be able to look off the safety the way the Watson could. But he does have an arm that is strong enough to throw more routes, actually, than Watson. He does have a better... I don't want to say better deep ball because Watson's a more accurate deep ball thrower. But, I mean, Jackson can really throw the ball. This, this talk about moving him to wide receiver is absolutely ridiculous. The only reason that you would consider moving him away from quarterback is you're afraid that he would break in half because he is extremely skinny. But I cannot see... I, I just can't see him as a receiver and having that actually fix that problem. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, I think Bill Polian's a freaking idiot. Uh, he, I don't know what happened to him because he used to be a respected general manager in the league. He did a great job building those Colts teams that destroyed us. Well, he and it wasn't just Manning. It was Bob Sanders, and it was, uh, you know, so many different players, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and... Uh, well, he took Dallas Carolina Clark. in their second season to the NFC Championship. I mean, so he's talented. It's I don't know where this is coming from from him, but he's Lamar Jackson's not a wide receiver. Hey, we, talk, we talked about it at the beginning. It's just that old school. It's what it is. Old, it's that just old that old mentality. mentality. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy to me. I, it, and it sucks for Lamar Jackson, for, for him to have to even hear that stuff. You know, playing quarterback his whole life and then, you know, hear all of a sudden that he he's can't be a quarterback. I don't blame him. He could, be, he could be a quarterback. Maybe he's not a star. I don't know. I Honestly, nobody knows about quarterbacks anymore. I don't care who they are. I don't care who we talk to. I don't care if it's Mel Kuyper, Scott McShay, or Lance Zerline. Nobody knows about quarterbacks. They think they do. Uh, and you either get lucky or you don't. We got lucky. Uh, nobody thought Deshaun was what Deshaun is. Why well, do you mean, think you, that is? You even put... Like how we kind of talked about it after Watson had success. Pretty much, do they win? Do they complete the pass? Right. If you just, though, pretty much if you boil it down to. That's what If matters. you can answer those two questions, yep. it's usually a safer bet. Sure. It's not a guarantee. Nothing with quarterbacks is a guarantee. Nothing with any position but in the NFL is a guarantee. If they win and they have a high completion percentage, which Lamar Jackson does, they usually will find success. And he was the winner. Now, there's. Exceptions to that rule, of sure. course. But Just like there is to the 49-mile-per-hour rule. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that... I didn't realize that less than 100 players had actually had their arm checked. I told you last year it wasn't a big deal, and you're like, no, they've been doing this for years, bro. They've been doing it for 15 years, and they have had less than 100 players. That's crazy. I, I thought if they'd done it for 15 years... You would have 32 quarterbacks each combine. <laughs> You would think. You would think. No, yeah. no. That's why I didn't put too much stock into it. It's just, it. I don't know. Even Jordan, like, he laughed that off. That was last year. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, it's just funny. You we, know? We, we live. We but it wasn't just you. Yeah. I'm not saying that towards you. I'm saying in general. No. Everybody said, if you, if you can't throw a certain mile per hour, you're not going to be able to make it in the NFL. But 
like I said, there's no way they're telling this kid to throw it as hard as he can at the combine. There's just no way. It doesn't, and you're not helping your draft stock by throwing it hard if you can't be accurate. Yeah, I mean, I actually did end up getting really curious about that after the fact. How they measure it is that the sideline throw, so which you, is the biggest throw in the NFL. Let's let's get that clear. Yeah, the out throw is the biggest throw. That's that's arm strength purely. So they do one to the left, one to the right, and the number they publish is the average. Um, the simple argument for it is. Part of the reason that Watson probably tested low is they were all talking about how he threw a beautiful catchable ball that somebody could actually run a route after. Yeah. So I think that the prospects know that that's the one, but he was still worried about actually throwing a good ball. I I would assume that that's exactly why it happened. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, was, actually saw, your, I think that was your actual original theory, and that's after doing way too much research into it, that's what I discovered. I just don't want to admit it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, I, I know trading up for Lamar Jackson is something that you would like to happen. I would prefer for it not to happen, not because I don't like Lamar Jackson, but because I have other positions that I value a little bit more right now than a backup quarterback. No, we have a lot of holes. I don't disagree, but I... He's just one of those players that I think it's rather safe that if he somehow manages to drop in the second round, I'm just going to be blown away. Um, and I'm also kind of hoping that the reason we would do it is we'd be able to keep him away from a team like Jacksonville. I, that, nothing will piss me off more than a team like them just lucking into him. Because I think that Lamar Jackson's going to be a successful NFL quarterback. Well, they traded for Cody Kessler today. Yeah, that doesn't change that. <laughs> uh, he's going to start this year. You think? At the Cody beginning? Kessler? Week one. Really? No, Over no, no, not at all. I don't know if he will or not. I didn't watch enough Browns games to know, but I know that there were some people that thought Kessler had had an opportunity to be average at least. Um, That's a, he was one of those guys. He's got a he's got a crazy accurate arm, but it's crazy how many quarterbacks they've traded this year. I mean, they traded the, the, the Packers, right? Yeah. And then Kaiser, and then they, which they just took last year, and then. Pick up, trade for Taylor, and now get rid of Kessler. I mean, only way you find, only way you find uh, quarterback is if you. I mean, you got to get as in many as many as you can in a camp. So, I don't blame them. They got a good bridge quarterback with Tyrod now. Yeah, I I, I love. I think Ty it's Rod. a good move, and they got a lot of good players around him now. I love Tyrod. And Taylor. I love he, If he had made it to free agency, I. Oh, I, I would have spent. I would have spent fifteen. Minutes. Whatever to get him to be our backup. Yeah, because you can afford it now while Deshaun's not getting paid. Uh, I like Dave Njoku a lot, too. The Browns, actually, they should be a fun team to watch. Yeah, they should win four games, maybe. Maybe. Maybe four. <laughs> um, I think they'll, I, they might I think they'll be entertaining, though. I think they could get up to six. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, the Bengals suck. Yeah. Ravens suck. The Steelers are going to be really good. Because uh, the Steelers are always good. They're always really good. good. I hope they're not, though, because I hate that team. Um, yeah, I don't know. What else we got, John? Well, the last thing I got, are you going to go watch Manziel play? Well, so we talked about it. Um, I won't pay $40 to see Manziel play in the spring um, in the spring developmental league that's here in Austin. Uh, I saw it on Instagram, yeah, and right I was definitely intrigued. Me. No, like, no, it's, it's right it's here. It's crazy how close that is. It's right It's like seven minutes away. Yeah. Uh, I'd be intrigued. And for $20, I'd do it, but I'm not spending $40 to just watch Manziel. Uh, and the reason being is because I just don't see... Like, we know what Manziel is. And so, like, with a bunch of scrubs... I mean, he did it in the college, so... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's like watching, like, the best player in a basketball game at the YMCA playing with a bunch of old guys. Like, you know that guy is just going to toast everybody. It's going to be the same way. Like, I just see Manziel just... Because he is skilled, and he is an athlete, and he is good at what he does. He's not. I don't think he's a great NFL quarterback. I don't think he'll ever have an opportunity to truly be successful in this league. But, yeah, I mean, I'll go if it's $20. Like like I said, I mean, if you want to go, we'll go. I'll pay 20 bucks, but I'm not going to spend $40 out of, out of principle. You know, this is actually, I know you want this to work, though. Yeah, this is the actual one league that I want to work. Um 
this is it's kind of cool. They've split it up into four teams based on regions. Those teams can only pull from colleges within the region, um, and they're not even they're not trying to be. What I think is intriguing about it is they're not trying to be competition to the NFL. They are trying to be complementary. They're trying to fill that gap of NFL Europe, um, that a developmental league that I truly think the NFL needs. Like I strongly believe that we need it for the refs, we need it for our offensive linemen, we need it for our quarterbacks. The league is going to transition into more of an offense, offensive game, which means that we need to have more skilled players, and we need those players to actually have an opportunity to develop themselves. That's just why I hope it succeeds. I don't know if I'll spend the $40. I'm kind of going back and forth on it, but I, I do want this league to succeed. I mean, it'd be good to have a league, just have a developmental league. And it'd be awesome if it was local. Um, but I still think that if they want this to work, they're going to need to team up with, the, like, you know, the XFL or whatever. And somebody who has money that can actually put something into it. Because, you know, honestly, like, the developmental leagues for baseball are actually cash cows. Uh, like, for example, the Round Rock Express. They, they make a ton of money. Uh, and you can do the same thing with the NFL, especially if you did it in the offseason. Um because college football's not going on. I mean, there's nothing going on. So it'd be good to have a developmental league. But I just, this one's really tiny, John. I really, I hope you understand how small this is. Four teams. Yeah, this is like really tiny. Like they're literally doing it like the smallest stadium possible. They're doing it at a high school team, uh, high yeah. school stadium here in Austin. Um, and I think that they're not even doing it at this awesome, badass, like huge one that they just built in Pflugerville to host all of like uh, the. Uh, Texas State like the games for high, the high school game so no, I, I'm I just mean, saying it's still, I don't know it's, it, it's still, great it's great yeah but. it's still a Texas high school stadium so it's still gonna be pretty big I don't know I just I, I'd like for it to do well I think it's awesome that it's here in Austin I, I do too I think that I mean it's four teams I think they're playing six games yeah it's like a double header on like a Saturday and then a double header on, a on Thursday, Thursday. So I think it's four games, but... Oh, no, no, no. They're going to play over six weeks. Totally. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's going to be really short. But they're trying to market themselves more towards scouts and the hardcore fans. Right. If you go and look at the rosters, there's actually a lot of players that you probably will recognize. They're all those guys that... Like who? Other than Johnny Manziel. Dang it. You knew I was going to do that. I, you know, I should have had a pull. You up. knew that that was going to be the question. <laughs> Because I looked at it, I didn't recognize anybody. Really? I yeah. reckon. Well, I mean, I watch more college football than you. Yeah, so I, don't I watch rec- college football. I recognized quite a bit. Of course, we've got like the Dixon brothers from South Carolina. Um, They're playing in it. They are playing in it. Then where are the rosters? Too much dead air. You know. I just don't, I like, when I scrolled through it, I, there was nobody I was like, hmm, wow. I, like, I feel like, I feel like this is more of a league built for, like, the Josh Gordons, Johnny Menzels of the world. Not a developmental league. It's more of, like, a rehabilitation league. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's Zach what Zach Mettenberg? My point, Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Zach Mettenberg's really there. Stephen Hill. Uh, the wide receiver? Yep. Uh, Ruben Demosthene? No. Uh, Q Eatman from, and Ryan Giddens from South Florida? No, not for me at least. All right. I don't know. Either way, it's great. If it, uh, if it Jared going, Evans from Virginia Tech. Why does that sound familiar? Everybody, want, everybody wanted him to move to tight end. He's going to go play quarterback. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Lorenzo Talaferro, uh, Lorenzo Strong, Adrian Sterling, Stephen Hill, Marvin Bracey, Tyler Murphy. Isn't Talaferro that kid from... Uh... He was a running back from Coastal that played on Baltimore for several yeah. years. Um, let's see. Hmm, all right. Well, either way, it'd be awesome if it worked. Um, but I just don't see it working. I just don't, I, I think this is something you have to pump a lot of money into. 
And until the until the NFL decides to pump money into it, I just don't see it working. Because you need the machine of the NFL to make it work. Uh, some Texas guys, of course, Johnny Manziel, Lance Seastruck, Ben Tate. Yes, that Ben Tate. Why? <laughs> Maybe he just wants something to do. I think he just wants to prove he can still play. It's I been think too he. Long. I think he is the oldest player by far. Um, Mike Davis, the wide receiver from Texas. I know there's a lot of Mike Davises out there. Uh, Dennis Parks. He was a wide receiver from Rice. Lawrence White, uh, tight end from Texas State. Cameron Clear, an O-line from Texas A&M. Jerome Daniels, an O-line from UTEP. Tony Pulu, Texas A&M Commerce, defensive lineman. Uh, Lord Quincy Vassar from Texas. And Dylan Haynes from Texas. So, yeah, that's... Those are the Texas guys out there, so hopefully some of them will put together something that's at least moderately entertaining. Everybody's there for Johnny, so it's not going to matter. Probably. And he also has had a couple scenes down here in Austin, so uh, some Shia LaBeouf scenes. Well, hopefully he stays away from 6th Street then. I think he will. Or comeback season will be over. For now. Comeback season's never over. What else we got, John? Is that it? That's it. it. All right. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at HoustonFBPod. Uh, you can follow us on tw- Instagram at HoustonFBPod. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Store, and it, pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast, we should be on there. And if we're not, uh, shoot us a tweet and we will get on there. Uh, other than that, uh, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, share with your friends. Tell us. Tell all your Texans fans about us. Uh, this is something that we just like to do, so we're not looking to make some money on it. We just want to be here for you guys. So uh, that'll be it for Texans Unfiltered. I am Young Ari Gold signing off. When they had our backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure, we still got it done, man. When they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to shine. It's our time to keep it 100. So we gonna go out here and show them how true we are, baby.